0: Welcome to Debrief, our episode after the episode with Annie Jacobson. David, which Mm -hmm. one of your friends is a CIA spy? (laughs) So when I was talking to a
1: number of my friends uh, about the subject matter of this episode, and going into this episode, I didn't know if if how exactly this would play out because I didn't know the answers to the questions that uh, we were going to ask her. But like the way that this came on my radar is a friend of mine heard Annie Jacobson talk at a crypto event uh, and was like, oh, David, you have to get Annie Jacobson on because like the CIA is totally listening to bangles <laughs> and also like at least one of our friends is probably a plant. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And so like my, my attitude, like exploring this with Annie, I started reading some of her books. I had a phone call with her before we did the podcast it was like, oh, like infiltration, this infiltration word kept on like coming up. It was like, are they like trying to like get into our DAOs? like into our community like how are they trying to like get into and do stuff what is the stuff that they're trying to do it just opened up so many questions and i knew at, at some point in time it was just like crypto is going to become large enough and you know thinking about it more it already has become large enough to become relevant and so that was some of the motivation uh of can, this can i
0: ask you what's um where would you put yourself on the um conspiracy theorist scale because i think that's uh important context when someone right. is trying to think about how you think and i'm i'm asking you to be as objective as possible right, right. so how,
1: how well does my conspiracy theory have let's it? put like
0: joe rogan at like number eight or something on that eight, yeah. on that and then and then number 10 is i don't know you're you're farther gone than uh, mm-hmm. alex jones or something like this, right <laughs> uh and then like one is you don't believe mm-hmm. there's ever been a thing called an exper- uh, conspiracy theory in the history of like all governments right where where are you on that scale so
1: i find conspiracy theories extremely entertaining okay do i believe in them well i tend to give the benefit of the of the doubt as a disposition of who i am and also i i have my own like background in in like War and the the transition from America out of World War II into a superpower, which was reading about these things, reading about these things, just being being like a amateur historian. Right. And so understanding things like the 1947 Roswell incident, which was uh, first uh the arrival of aliens then later turned out to be a weather balloon but then you have like the roswell conspiracy theory and then you have like all of these technologies come out of nasa like the microwave and like putting ourselves into the shoes of humans in the 50s and you put this thing in this thing called a microwave and you press a button and it out comes hot it it just comes out hot like that's crazy and so Understanding that there's cultural zeitgeist in certain decades to be more conducive about conspiracy theories is worth understanding. And so I enjoy conspiracy theories. You as entertain a subject. Them, you matter. play
0: with them. I play with you them. Do you believe them?
1: <laughs> generally, no. Generally, <laughs> generally no. Generally, no, although I love entertaining
0: them. You are no predisposed. You're predisposed to entertain them, but not mm-hmm. necessarily um, canonize them. Yeah, and, like, if somebody like held a gunpoint to my head, I was like, "All right, but do you believe it?" I'd be like, "Ah, eh, not really." I um, re- do. You remember? I think we asked this question of um, Tyler Cowan? Mm-hmm. What? It, like it? Just it, it was about what was the? It was some uh, sort of a conspiracy theory type question right and his i think he's de- default i would i would peg uh, tyler as like a two or a three right he's on that scale on spectrum yeah. and he's mm-hmm. just like no the simplest explanation is that governments are right. incompetent and right. <laughs> like they yeah. just don't really know what they're, they're not trying they're not after you man they just don't really know what they're doing
1: the problem with conspiracy theories is that enough of them come true that validate all the rest <laughs> sure. And so, yeah. like, that's why it's always worth playing with it because you don't Never actually know. You can't be a one. You don't yeah, actually You have know. to
0: look at the facts and circumstances of the right. case. Every
1: single one, right? Well, yeah.
0: I mean, there is reason for, I think, national defense intelligence agencies to be interested in crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, let's you, my friend, are in a lawsuit against Treasury right now right. Yeah. for, yeah. Um, yeah, against the OFAC sanctioning mm-hmm. of a particular set of Ethereum addresses, yep. contracts. Um, I guess, you don't have to speak about this, but I guess if you believe your government is good and wholesome and that we have civil liberties, this is not really a dangerous position to be in. You are doing your job as a citizen, exercising your right. participating in And you're participating yeah. mm-hmm. in, in, um, in the process of this, and this is your way of, of protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you believe your government is evil, however... And spying on you, and infiltrating, and has nefarious intentions. This is probably this is a very very brave act, mm-hmm. I-, I suppose. And right. you know, in some ways, hosting the Bankless podcast right. is a very brave act. If you think this about your government, it's an act of rebellion in certain states. Yeah, and in certain countries, it certainly would be. Right. Um. If the government tells you not to do something and you like you know continue doing it, um. You know, you you can expect to face repercussions from this. So it all sort of depends on what you believe about your government. Um, I personally believe that on the whole, the U.S. government is not as interested in suppressing crypto or persecuting crypto or is as anti-crypto as to see our community as a threat Mm, at this mm -hmm. point in time. But I think we might be on the edges of that. I think we might be on the fringes or we might be in this camp of like, they haven't yet figured out what they want to do with us. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know where that kind of puts it, Mm -hmm. but it makes a conversation like this completely logical to have. I don't think this is a conspiracy theory type of conversation of like, yeah, they're out to get us, man. Right. so yeah. that's my take on it. But what do you think? Like after that episode, how interested do you think intelligence agencies are? I mean, we're t- literally talking. We say we say things like, let's separate money and state. Mm-hmm. Um, what does the state hear when it thinks about What does the Pentagon's brain think when it hears yeah. about that? Well, if you separate money and state, then you're separating money from my budget. And I yeah. like money and because I need to fund all of these things. I mean, don't are think they, threatened they think by that this? Far. No? I,
1: I think, yeah, like, it's not really any one person's part of the government to really care for the relationship between money and state. Like, I don't yeah. think that's anyone's job. And so, like, I think... The closest would be, like, a Powell or something like this. Yeah, and even him. It's like, my job's just to manage the money. I, I'm, I <laughs> It's his job to keep politics out of that, actually. So there is no, like... Money state facilitator agency, right? It's like we'll make sure that we have power both at the military and the money printer because those things go hand in hand. Is that's not really anyone's job? But in,
0: I mean, the Constitution gives the, the federal government the 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 power to mint coin, basically.
1: Yes, so yeah. there's
0: something that the government has. Like there's some right. vested interest yeah. in this. I'm
1: I'm reminded of um Ray Dalio's quote where like above the level of the nation state is the law of the jungle. Which is, and what that means is that like, you know, below the power of the nation state, you just have like the court system and the legal system and then municipalities and districts. It's all very organized below the level of the nation state. As soon as you get to above the level of the nation state, that's where the organization stops. And that's where the law of the jungle takes over is like now it's just like now you have these entities, these things that exist in the jungle. These things are called the United States of America, the Soviet Union or Russia. Or and China and, and these are just beings beasts in the jungle and they just fight yeah. and there is no due process there is no order there's just the 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 laws of nature and evolution you mean so, nation state against nation state it's all exactly, laws of the jungle, of the jungle. There's like there's no law court. there's just there's just fighting and so that is when the intelligence agencies manifest because it's their job to go out and find out where in the jungle the other ones are and what they're up to it's like oh are they Are they uh, like feeding right now? Oh, if they're feeding, let's go attack them. Well, like, what are they doing right now? Let's use their information to inform us. And so intelligence agencies only exist at the law of the jungle level, but crypto is operating at the law of the jungle. We are a non-state actor. We are also in the jungle with them. And so that's kind of the motivation for this episode is like, okay, we are going toe to toe with these nation state actors as a non-nation state organization However, going into this episode, I was like, okay, they're all trying to grab land, grab us. Coming out of this episode, I'm like, eh, we're mostly irrelevant to them. Like
0: the, the individual intelligence agencies, they they are fighting with each other. Crypto is mostly irrelevant. Yeah, I I think we've we kind of got on their like. I think obviously they've been somewhat interested in this for a long time. They're certainly interested in cryptography. I I I th- well, I don't know what do I know about this, but it seems to me that crypto got more on their radar when these large scale hacks right. started happening. Like the Lazarus Group. When it group. relates to other nation states. Yeah. Well think about it. So the the Lazarus group, this is this is clearly uh, you know, an enemy of the United States is the government like of uh North Korea and their ability to um produce nuclear weapons. Obviously mm-hmm. the 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 US government's policy is to kind of choke off economic resources to that government into that military right and now you see this new gdp that has cropped up which is like we can hack smart contracts we can hack cryptocurrency exchanges and we can use that to fund nuclear weapons well um that is a that is not something that the national defense community can really ignore right right and and you wonder what the counter response is that because I don't think the counter response necessarily is like, so now we shut down worldwide access to like, they can't do that, right? It's just not, it's not a target that they can hit with a missile. It's not something that they can like shoot with a gun. And like, it's just not, it's too abstract for that strategy. But you wonder what their strategy would be is, do they maybe um, come up with like seal hacker teams to like hack the low hanging fruit before Lazarus group can? Do, do they try to hack the Lazarus group themselves? Do they partner with um, some of these smart contract companies to like bolster security? Like there has to be some sort of practical policy response to this. And I imagine meetings have been had in government offices, um, probably not dark rooms probably just um you know normal rooms with yeah fake plant <laughs> led light lit rooms right <laughs> one um, of those intercom phones to the talk of the about table. this yeah. yeah what are we going to do as a response to this lazarus group has found a new source of revenue it's going to increase someone's gone like this DeFi is going like this and smart contracts and you know they've maybe they've looked on DeFi llama and they're like it's going up and uh, the surface area for attack is getting larger and what's our response to this and you have to wonder what they decided in that right. hypothetical meeting that that probably actually happened what their right. response is going to be and it, it can't be it can't be hit with a military target it almost has to be like a counter hack type of movement doesn't it mm-hmm. i mean that's what this made episode made me think about too
1: yeah that's why i think the cia's venture arm is actually really the most effective thing here it's because like if they're on the cap tables of whatever governance structures that exist that's the best that they got what's that it's news that- to you by the way Uh, well, I had a phone call with Annie and she talked to me about that. Um, My God, dude. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) but like it's, it's that it's like being on the cap table of the structures being built or hacking them before Lazarus says like that's,
0: those are the only two things I can think of. I think that's what they would do. Right. I mean, I guess, like I said, they could, they could try to repress things in other ways, but, Mm -hmm. um, okay. So so
1: Annie said that, um silicon valley is basically an extension of the intelligence agencies which like that's always been that's to me that's been a known quantity is that like the sil- the tech sector of every nation state just turns into the surveillance arm for that particular nation state hmm. no different for any for the american world like silicon valley is now just the tech arm of the united states because they we the that silicon valley does the government's bidding uh, more or less um and so like that the what Annie said is like there are people in our industry that she's familiar with that consults with the intelligence agencies and I think the average crypto person would be like how dare they but I think that that is the naive response I think that there's ways that there are leadership capital venture arm leaderships people people of power Who are interfacing with our intelligence agencies and the only reason why they're doing that is because it's good for the industry
0: probably yeah i um yeah i don't i don't know if i have kind of a well-developed take on that i you know i certainly know that uh i don't want any government agency controlling um crypto in any way like i would be much more i
1: tried to ask that question to annie i'm not sure if i really if that what i was trying to express really got over to her it's like i want crypto to not be corrupted by any of these things
0: well like you kind of wonder if um let, let's let say let's say intelligence agencies wanted wanted to have this um option you kind of wonder if um they could institute themselves as part of like core dev teams mm. and like introduce zero day bugs that they could exploit and, and activate um like would they go that far i mean like it, it seems pretty clear to me that if you had the concentrated power of a major like nation state going after the crypto industry, like going after some of these major projects, like they'd be able to do it i I don't know if you disagree with that. I know um, I remember by the way, back in the day, I think it was an episode of POV crypto. <laughs> where I think it was like you and Christian at me? Nice. Yes, uh, you and Christian Were like debating the level Of um, Nation state secu- Like um, security that Bitcoin had versus Ethereum or something Like right. this uh-huh. and I, I can't Remember where that debate sort of resolved I'm, I'm sure you were like I don't think any of them Really resolved okay they never resolved but like If the question of If the na- if a nation state like the United States Was laser focused On infiltrating crypto and mm-hmm. like having the option to take it out and destroy it in some way would they be able to do it what what do you think about that
1: yeah i mean it's a good thought process to have i've i think one of the main differentiators between me and christian ethereum and bitcoiners is that bitcoiners are like eventually the nation state will throw their full strengths strength and might at taking down crypto networks and i was always like mm, why would they do that Like, maybe they don't like it, but like, are they really going to do a coordinated, concerted effort to really topple the Ethereum blockchain? Like, I don't really think they're going to do that. They're mostly going to, they're going to not like it, but they're going to not like the app layer, which is what we are seeing today, right? They don't like stable coins in some ways. They don't like security tokens. And so, but I will say, put on my ETH Maxi hat, is that Ethereum governance is way harder to, infiltrate just by in the rough consensus nature of what it was and now also how it got started in 2015 when crypto was a lot quieter if i if i was a nation-state actor and i was like well we missed the chance at corrupting ethereum let's make a brand new blockchain and we'll corrupt that governance structure before they even realize what that they need a governance structure they would it would be so much easier to corrupt solana than it would ethereum. but is it it's a hundred percent really
0: that hard to corrupt to like ethereum's like let's say um yeah. I, I am secretly a CIA agent, I'm a super smart dev, but I'm hired mm-hmm. by the CIA and I throw my hand up and I get really active in all sorts of open source yep. libraries and I begin contributing. And keep in mind, I'm playing the long game here, all right? right. Like the over- multi,
1: Like the decade long game. Yes,
0: yeah. many, many years, five years, 10 years, or by the way, even if the, the intelligence agencies haven't thought this far ahead, maybe all they have to do is find someone who is already a core dev and has already played that game who's willing to work with them for some reason or another. Anyway, you can, like, infiltrate the developer, uh, core developer social circles in some way, introduce yeah. some some particular code. Ethereum um,
1: does have natural defenses against that, though, in the structure of how governance works.
0: Okay, but it's like, you could do it, right? I guess the question is, like... Um, do anything,
1: though. D-
0: the, the the community still has the ability to kind of fork away from anything that is anti anti-value that the community right. might like hold dear, right? So let's say they, you enjoy- They would have to
1: slip in something into the code that does that only they know about and that's really
0: hard. What I'm saying is like that would be a temporary damage but like I think um this would be revealed or there right. there would be some sort of fork and like I I think the, the, the challenges for, for an intelligence agency is trying to take down a network like Ethereum or Bitcoin is like really what you have to do is you have to compromise a whole bunch of the the nodes on the network of layer zero. And by that, I mean right. like hearts and minds. You, you, so
1: that, that was a topic of her Pentagon's Brain book, which we touched on very briefly while we were talking to her. But it, uh, the CIA or DARPA or the Pentagon, at some point in the Vietnam War, Yes, the Vietnam War realized that it was way easier to fight the war by sowing dissent or like sowing chaos in, in the community in, in Vietnam against yes. the Vietnamese. Yes, right. I think so. Um, but like that was a conclusion that, and I regard maybe I got the wrong. Maybe it's not the Vietnam War. Maybe the, the point is, is that they started fighting wars not kinetically but with more subversive ways, and a, a conclusion that the CIA and other intelligence agencies got early on is that propaganda misinformation sowing dissent fighting the wars through the intra-psychic layer is way more effective than the traditional yeah hearts
0: and, hearts and minds right yeah it's like yeah. I, at some level they, they might need to infect podcasters before they infect core devs oh <laughs> right that would
1: be a great way to infect the brains of a large number of the crypto community all at once not to trigger your paranoia we are we are great patient zeros for whatever mind virus the cia
0: has is there anything you need to tell me i was gonna ask you that (laughs) (laughs) so you listen to an episode like this and you get so
1: this this is a part goes back to the kind of like how like okay Which one of my friends is feeding me bad information? <laughs> okay,
0: so what's the answer to that? <laughs> Do you have names? You told us you were going to drop names. So I, I was
1: telling this this story, It's like, alright guys, uh, buddies we have this uh, author, Annie Jacobson coming on the podcast, it's because like, the chances are that someone who hangs out with us in New York is like a Fed or CIA plant is like non-zero and then we all started speculating like, alright, who is it? <laughs> who is it going to be?
0: <laughs> That's a fun game to play yeah i guess if they really, really all said the same name at the same time which is funny if they're really good though then like you're you know you're never gonna guess them right i i don't know spycraft it's not my field certainly but uh yeah isn't that the thing it's i <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know this world you're supposed to be world. covert um yeah at some level i feel like i am too friendly well maybe friendly is the wrong word i'm too hmm I wouldn't. I probably would have no idea. I probably have no idea. But I also think
1: we're falling into the very enticing game of. Suspecting uh, maliciousness and nefariousness in these intelligence agencies, like "all right, who they're infiltrating (laughs) us,"
0: and I don't think Annie agreed with that sentiment. She kept being like, like, (laughs) "She was like, even like when you were bringing up like hey so who is spying on me, Annie?'" She was like, "Well, David, that sounds like a a personal pro. Like it sounds like you should like talk to someone about that." I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, so you're telling us they don't care, Annie? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they they don't were irrelevant
1: to them is is the conclusion I came out of this. of this podcast with. are you happy about that
0: it's less entertaining <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing you can still entertain the conspiracy theory you don't have to fully right. believe it david we've come full yeah. circle here yeah 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 and that's
1: why we've done this that's you know.
0: good well checkbox uh it's done mm-hmm. we've ta- we we know what the intelligence agencies are doing and uh mm-hmm. hopefully bankless nation um you'll be able there's to there's anyone the, in the, the cia plant. listens to bankless well, we can talk about. that. I do wonder if someone in the CIA has an NFT. They got to. These are civilians. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think yeah. we have um, intelligence agency listeners right right now? Oh yeah, like the good yeah, kind, totally. the kind that are like, yeah, I, I agree with them. What do you mean they agree with us? I mean they're As not listening like, to spy on us. They're listening because like they're oh, actual they civilians. The bankless,
1: yeah. <laughs> I would say like of the intelligence agencies that listen to Bankless it's not for nefarious purposes it's it's because like oh yeah those that's a good movement i align with uh, i'm going to continue listening that's like a normal person
0: what if what if we are infiltrating the intelligence agencies (laughs) rather than them infiltrating us
1: we are the we're mind virusing (gasps) their mind
0: viruses oh my god (laughs) that's even better (laughs) Uh, well okay
1: that's one of the original purposes of bankless in the first place when annie was like i tell stories i'm a narrator and a storyteller i'm like. Oh, same.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what exactly. we do. It's like high five. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is the best way to communicate. Uh, all right. Well, we'll leave you guys with with that thought and uh, we'll sign off. This has been The Debrief. Bye.